Oh, can I lick them, Grandma? Yeah, baby, but I'm actually using this little sponge here. But you can lick some. That was my grandmother uh, allowing me to take some of her stamps that she was putting in her collector's books. And I would go on to see those stamps be returned and redeemed for very cool items. Hey, this is Michelle Spiva, and I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. So stick with me on the flip where we talk about the wisdom of S&H Green Stamps. I'll see you then. There they were, splayed across the good table in the living room. I knew something was going down when I saw my grandmother grab those big plastic containers stuffed full of stamps. She sat down and she plopped down a stack of books and got herself assembled, got her stuff assembled and started putting her stamps in the books. This is what I'm talking about. This was it. I was so excited. I was hopping around and I was like, oh, oh, I want to help. I want to help. Can I? Can I? And, you know, she wasn't, you know, going to correct me on the, the difference between can and may at that time. But I remember being so excited to see all of these stamps and books assembled. And little did I know that my grandmother was part of a conditioning that had been going on for years. Today, I'm going to be talking about the wisdom and the wisdom smack of how important it is to have some type of accumulation, some type of savings, and some type of reward attached to your efforts. And so, That, to me, has been one of the biggest things that I have been thankful for and grateful for. You see, my grandparents, my grandmother and my grandfather, he he was born in 1917 and she was born in 1925. Um, Neither one of them are, are any longer with me. But they came through the most turbulent times um, in modern history that uh, for, for the United States. He was born one year before the world for, before the first world war would go on to end. And she was born in 1925, which was only four years before the Great Depression would hit. And so my grandparents were raised during the Great Depression. And thus, their whole orientation to their world was that don't put your trust in anyone. You get it on your own. You learn to do what you can on your own. Uh, in other episodes and uh, podcasts, I've I often talked about how my grandmother and my grandfather viewed their world. My grandfather was big on not trusting anybody and just putting your trust in the money. <laughs> and he wasn't um, stingy or any of that. He was very giving, uh, but he wanted to make sure that we understood it. He was also the one who would tell us, every time I read the Bible, the Lord always said, when you want to get rich or get powerful, go take this land. So he was a land bug as well. And so he came out of that uh, that turbulent time with that. And the same for my grandmother. She wasn't much different. My grandmother believed always have something put aside for a rainy day and don't let the left hand know what the right hand is doing. Um, 
the way they looked at their world was you cannot put your um, trust and you cannot depend on a government, on a town or anything, because when everything goes away and she always said when, not if. She said, you know, she understood the cycles and she understood that for every good time, there is a bad time. And so she understood those things. Now, back to this glorious scene of all of these stamps. All right. So S&H Green Stamps, Um, if you're not in the in the U.S., S&H Green Stamps were also um, they were known as uh, loyalty and rewards points. And they even had counterparts in other parts of uh, the world. So for instance, I think SNH, no, SHIELD, it was something SHIELD uh, stamps were in the, in the UK, Green Shield. Yeah. So in the UK, they had Green Shield stamps. And what these stamps were, these stamps were, they were actually um, a loyalty program in, in the sense that when you bought something at a um, grocery store, mainly grocery stores and gas stations, but a grocery store, some gas stations, uh, for the most part, they would be uh, given to you based on the amount you spent with that particular retailer or merchant. And so like they had triple S stamps. Now where I grew up, green stamps were prevalent, but they had triple S stamps, uh, gold bond stamps, blue chip stamps, green back stamps, and all of these. And they usually came in increments of a one point 50 points. Well, oh, excuse me, 1.10 points and 50 points. Okay. And so what would end up happening is, is you would collect your stamps and then the companies would provide you with redemption booklets. They gave them to you for free. And once you had enough stamps to fill out a booklet, uh, depending on what you wanted to get from a catalog of, of rewards that they published, you could take those stamps into their redemption centers and get whatever it was. Now, at this particular time, my grandmother had her eyes set on uh, some um, high-end cookware. I'll never forget it. If you uh, grew up in the South and your parents and grandparents who could cook now didn't have Magnolite, oh, honey, I'm going to tell you what. Hmm. It was actually a sign of it's going down when you would take a Magnolite pot full of greens to the cookout at church for homecoming and people saw that Magnolite. They were like, oh, okay, all right now. (laughs) So I don't know if it was a Magnolite pot that my grandmother was. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. I remember because she would get those from Montgomery Ward. (laughs) But it was was some kind of Tupperware-ish kind of thing that she wanted to get. Well, anyway. When she got through putting all those stamps, and and by the way, she would collect her stamps in these big plastic um, bottles. And um, only when she felt like she had enough to go and do something, she would take them out all at one time and put them all in her books, count up her books, 
and understand how many points she had. And based on that, she would get what she wanted. So she was really strategic in how she she went about doing this. And I remember asking her, why do you put them in the bucket? She says, because I don't want the, the gum on the back or the glue um, to get tacky. And I want to make sure that when I'm ready, they'll be, you know, I'll just be able to do it. And I remember her taking the sponge and she would count out how many stamps it took to fill a page. And she would just press that many stamps all at once on a wet sponge and plop them down on the page. And I was like, this, mm, she's got this under control. Now, you know, I could go on and on. Yes, I could about green SNH green stamps because they bring back such fond memories. But what I do want to say is that for me, the context of of uh, SNH green stamps meant that a person showed their dexterity to uh, their community, that not only that they were part of a community uh, enough that they were spending enough to be able to get certain things uh, out of this. Because I I, ha- I do remember going with her a few times to the redemption uh, centers to pick out prizes and rewards and uh, how they treated you if you brought in a large number of uh, books instead of just a small number. And there was a sense of pride, uh, uh, being able to brag. And there was a part, this is the part that I liked about like my grandparents, (laughs) they looked looked at it as gaming the system. So if you knew that A&P or Piggly Wiggly or Safeway, because that's what we had growing up. If you knew that they were, you know, having a sale on, um, you know, sundry items, meats or whatever that kind of stuff is, you waited and then you went and you bought. And then because you could get more, you could get more food and you would get your stamps instead of um, having to get less food, but you would still get the same amount of stamps. And so they looked at it as a way to game the system legally based on their rules, but you understand what I'm saying. And then now that I can look back at this, I understand that this was part of a bigger planned incentive to get people to spend money anyway. On another podcast, I talked about um, burnt, um, Bernays, Edward Bernays, him being the son, uh, the not the son, the nephew of Sigmund Freud and how he was the father of propaganda and public relations and how because of him, we had these kinds of systems. He was single handedly uh, commissioned by the U.S. during um, the Great Depression to help them get people to start saving. And I looked at, like I said, I looked at the uh, SNH green stamps, and then I pulled up some charts for uh, savings. Now, bear with me. SNH green stamps were started in 1910, and they were and they worked all the way through the 80s, and so that was like a a 70, no, I'm sorry, they started in 1896, forgive me. So that was almost, I knew it was almost an, um, uh, it was an 80 plus year run of these stamps. And so what I did was, is I just kind of looked at uh, the personal savings rates in the United States. And I pulled up a chart that was from 1960 to 2018. Now at the height of usage for SNH green stamps, their height of usage was from the 50s when people came back from World War II to the 80s. And when I looked at the savings rates in the U.S., and I'm only talking about the U.S., they boasted 
uh, double-digit savings rates uh, and, and until you dropped off in the 1980s. Um, and so, like, in the 50s, the savings rate was 10.4%. In the 60s, the savings rate was almost 13% across the board for people who saved. And in the 70s, it was 11.2%. Now, it would go down all the way down to um, a savings rate of no more than 3.6 in 2006. And the funny thing is, is when I looked through, we had a big spike back up to 12% in 2011. And I was like, hmm, what's going on? Now, Remember, I said in 2006, the lowest rate, 3.6% was happening. But if you go back and you look for Americans, y'all, I'm talking about Americans. If you go back and look in 2006, this would be a few years before the housing market crash. So 2004, 2005, 2006, we had the lowest amount of spending uh, hovering between 3.6 and 3.7%. And this is when the housing boom was going on with us. Everybody was spending, 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 trying to get these houses. Then the it starts to show weakness in 2007. So guess what? The savings rate doubles to 6.4%. And I know I'm throwing a lot of numbers at you, but just bear with me. There's a wisdom smack in here, y'all. So then in 2008, when the crash happens, it goes down a little bit to 5.9%. But then 2009, it goes up to 7.1. 2010, it goes up to 7.8. And then by 2011, we're in the highest amount of uh, bank foreclosures are, you know, are, are in full effect, that's when you have that huge spike again of savings that jumped up to 12%, where only six years before, five years before, excuse me, it was down to 3.6%. Now, what I want to say about this is that it has a correlation. In my grandmother's time, like I said before, they were the children of the depression. And so it was fresh in their minds that you could lose everything and that you always needed to have something in the bank. The other thing that I noticed about um, my grandparents and their SNH green stamp <laughs> love was that for them during their time, it wasn't as easy for them to procure uh, credit. I remember when my grandmother got her first credit card, I was alive. <laughs> Excuse me. When she was able to get her first credit card, I'm like, wow, this woman is in her fifties and this is her first credit card. And so she did, she, she dealt with credit very well because she understood the, the tentacles attached to it. And for her, she was well-trained and conditioned to be able to delay gratification so that she could save up and get it. And the thing about it was, it was, it was kind of like watching uh, dewberries ripen. I remember we would go dewberry and blackberry picking uh, around um, 
the area where we lived and the thickets of them, they would, you, you could see them growing and they would be green for the longest time. And then they would turn pale red. Oh, and it was so long between April and the bottom of May when you could start picking them. And my grandmother was like, you have to wait for them. And she would say the, the darker that berry gets, the sweeter its juice is going to be. And we remember waiting and patiently waiting. And by having watched those bushes and brambles for, for months, for kids, that was a long time. But for months, by the time we were able to really go pick them, like in June, um, where they were dark and big and juicy, <laughs> it, the, the savoring of that, of having waited for them to get ripe and picking them at the optimal moment meant more than if we had found a way to accelerate them, which she's, you know, she taught us how she's like, you know, you can put some in a bag in a, in a brown bag and close it up for a few days and it'll help ripen them. She says, but it won't be as good, you know, so just learning those types of things. So when I look back at the savings rate in conjunction with what was going on and and what made people um, behave in certain ways, I had to re- you know remember that for a lot of people of color, black folk like you know my family, we didn't have the opportunity to just go say, oh, we're going to open up a line of credit here and we're going to get what we want. No, we had to save for it, and it took a lot to do that. Um, my grandmother's only house that she ever owned was one that she got when um, I I was a baby. And she had saved up because at that time you had to have 20% or more to put down before they would even think about giving you a federal loan. And that took years and years of my grandmother uh, doing hard work that paid little to save up. And so when I look at that, I look at I do kind of have a nostalgia about it, of saving for something bigger. And the thing is, is one of the wisdom smacks that I saw in this is that their ability to go and and pay for their foods and their their gas and stuff and get these stamps and save them, uh, it trained them to save and accumulate to get what they want instead of going for the instant gratification. You see, it did mean something to redeem those books and get the items out of the catalog. And it meant that you held a status that showed that you were a good citizen, you were um, a contributing uh, part of your community. It also showed that, yes, I have the income to be able to do this. Now, it didn't matter if it taken you five years to save up to get a set of Tupperware. The fact that you could show this Tupperware and everybody knew it came from SNH Green Stamps Rewards Program and everybody knew it took 10,000 or 20,000 points or whatever, that meant something. That actually meant something in, in, in that world. Now, everything is not where only these people know how to save. No, 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 no. I was listening to uh, a a speaker the other day online and he said something um, to a crowd of people who were in the technology space. And he says, you know, to all my immigrants, you know how we are. And they, they were like, yeah. And he, he basically says, he says, uh, we stack money. We sit on money 
And they were like, yes. And I could actually feel through the internet, I could feel the, a bit of uncomfortableness from the quote unquote um, 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 USA Americans in there that this was kind of taken as a slight little slam because of uh, today's world where it's like um, leverage to the hilt with uh, a credit card debt and those types of things. And uh, he was like, we sit on cash. That's why when things go bad, again, when things go bad, we have the money. And he says, 50,000 acts like 150,000 and you can go and buy up and disrupt and do some things. And so it was, it was a ding, 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 ding. Cause when he said that, I remember my grandmother saving up her SNH green stamps. I remember her helping me get my first bank and savings account. She was like, I don't care about a checking account. I care about a savings account. I remember having a savings passport book where I would write down my savings and I would see my accrued interest and those types of things. And so that was kind of her gift to her grandkids to teach us how to save for a rainy day. Now, all is not lost because today there is another SNH green stamp kind of kind of wisdom prevailing. Now, it's not necessarily attached to money as much as it is attached to the habit of persevering. And that is in the gaming community. My um interest in the gaming community became when I started seeing what is called lit RPG or um uh, lit literary uh, role-playing games. That's what it stands for. And I read this wonderful series by a person um, here in my area in, in Atlanta, Alderon uh, Kong. And uh, he just opened my mind up to a different world of how people um, deal with their worlds. And it was about learning how to grind, meaning you do grunt work, uh, you do low level tasks and you, and then you start to work up to levels before you get any kind of reward, which they would call loot. And so when I started reading this particular genre of books, I started noticing that just like my grandmother's SNH green stamps, where you had to collect the points and you uh, could redeem them, uh, this was similar, where there were points that you would gather in the game or in this book. Um, there were levels, there were badges that you could accrue. There were leaderboards of who's on top. There was loot or rewards that you could get. And there were skills that you could build. And I talked to my, my one of my nephews and my nieces who are really into gaming. And they, they, oh my gosh, they were so very well versed in this that they helped me to understand uh, what that meant to be able to do that. Um, they were actually putting in time like a job to be able to grind. I remember, you know, to this day, my, my nephew might say, oh, I'm not going anywhere this weekend because I'm just going to be grinding. And not just grinding, he would join some type of guild where that was the purpose of a, a group of people to do nothing but grind and go do a repetitive task until they were able to accrue enough points and levels and badges and loot and skills to get to another level. Now, 
there is a book that uh, does a really good job of helping to explain what this means in in the world. And he talks about it from a business standpoint. Um, And he's actually gearing the book towards businesses to show them how to, if you wanted to build your next SNH green stamp empire, how to do that. Now, the book is named Actionable Gamification by Yukai Chow. It's a great book. Great book because, like I said, it breaks it down. It makes it understandable. He even talks about how you need to put your levels in to keep people interested in what you're doing. He talks about the pitfalls of a lot of apps. So even if you never want to build a business around this, you will still understand when you play your next game on your phone how it was constructed to keep you hooked. And I I did reference another book in the past, Hooked as well, um, and how they get you into that uh, that cycle by using those four things where they uh, get you to trigger and then they go through the process and get you to repeat it. And so it's it's a setup. It really is. It's a setup. But there is a wisdom in this. And the wisdom is that I have noticed that as my um, nephew and my niece noted, they're able to, they, their impulse control is uh, strengthened because of them understanding that I am not going to get everything I want just because I whack at something a few times. It's not going to sprout um, digital explosions of loot and coins for me to get. There are going to be times when I have to work for something. So much so, one of my nieces, uh, she wanted to do an overseas trip to to hang out with some friends. And um, her mom didn't think she was serious about it. So she was like, okay, um, I'll match what you raise. But if you don't hit a certain goal, you won't do it. And I watched as my niece (laughs) took the skills that she had learned from grinding in-game to be able to collect and do what she needed to, to come up with clever ways to raise money to go on this trip. And as I do this recording, she is enjoying herself overseas right now. (laughs) So I'm like, I ain't mad at you, chick. I really am not. Because it is a great thing to be able to understand that your ability to be able to advance and do things There are a lot of things that it takes, but one of the things that I have found that we have been missing recently is that you do yourself no service when you are not willing to persevere to do something. And wouldn't you know, it would be a SNH green stamp for the wisdom smack to come in where it's like, there is a reason why this was so prevalent for almost for for almost 90 years there is a reason why it still works in the form of digital grinding you know there is a reason and it is because for humanity we are <laughs> i just want to say it we are sitting as the apex predators the top of the food chain in the ecological system of life right now and it is because when we uh, are faced with uh, different situations, whether it was trying to figure out how to fail a, uh, a tiger or even a lion so that we could get the gazelle meat to feed our tribe. And uh, we 
we're the first. Well, not first. We're still the only ones. Because if you can show uh, me even a monkey learning how to make a spear and throw it as a projectile to do harm, then I'm going to, you know, shake your hand. Now, it's, it's probably one out there. So don't add me with that. But what I'm saying is, is it's in our genetic makeup to be innovative while being patient. And for um, SNH green stamps all the way down to points and skills and loot in games, we are still learning how to be patient, cunning, strategic, calculating, how to uh, have self-control of our impulses so that we can be able to get what we want. What I challenge you to do is I challenge you to look for at least one area in your life today where that wisdom is prevailing. If you can't find one, then I'm going to challenge you. I don't care what you make or what you do. I'm going to challenge you to pick something that you can stick with that is going to uh, allow you to accumulate whether it be putting an extra $5 in your savings and don't talk about old savings, doesn't matter. If you're not touching it and you're not spending it, it's a good thing. And you will be amazed at if you just divert, I mean, come on, if you just divert, not even not even $5, if you just divert $3 every day or every week, whatever you can afford, and you don't touch it for six months, do you realize what that accrues to? And it is um it is a blessing that we live in a time when we can still do this, where if we are, and, and what I'm talking about, I'm talking about in a free society where we can do that. Um, because there have been times where if you accrue too much, depending on where you lived and how volatile the political environment was, either the king would um, commandeer your savings a.k.a. your storehouse of grains to feed his uh, troops when he's on a new campaign, or the government may seize all funds locked in a bank um, and use them for the government. So I'm saying, and this is not about politics, you guys, this is not. I'm just saying that while you have the time to do it, do it. Like my grandparents said, it's not an if, it's a when. You have to be ready. Don't be caught with your pants down and not ready for when the time comes for you to be able to move. And yeah, <laughs> there is something to building this muscle of saving. Because one of the things I will say about this that I did learn is that shiny object syndrome is real. I'm going to be doing a podcast about that. Shiny object syndrome is very real and it is very hard when Everything firing in you is against you to keep you from continuing to save instead of getting this one day only sale, you know, and using this coupon that's going to expire at midnight and all of these things, you know. So take it, take the wisdom of SNH Green Stamps and run with it, okay? Learn how to save, learn how to accrue and accumulate for when your rainy day comes, not if. Now, guess what? My time is up and I sure do thank you for yours. This has been Michelle Spiva with today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. Mwah! Thank you so much. Please continue to like, share, comment, 
rate and review. And thank you also for clicking on our links. Our links in the descriptions, unless otherwise stipulated, are affiliate links and social media links. And if you use them and go to Amazon, we may receive some compensation. And on that note, Thank you for supporting this podcast by using our Amazon link at michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. Thanks. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.